Greetings on behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. We wish you a happy new year and welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Wisdom and revelation at the eye of our heart is flooded with light. Your kingdom is coming. Your will is being done. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst right now. And we don't, and let's not take your presence for granted, but let us seize this moment and be filled afresh in you, Lord. We thank you that the power of darkness is broken and that you are glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Read it one more time. Amos 3, verse 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Go with me really quickly to Mark chapter 2. Hallelujah. He is worthy of all of the praise. In Mark chapter 2, it says, verse 3, verse 2, excuse me. It says, soon the, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. It says, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And it says, they couldn't bring him to, the, to Jesus because of the crowd. So they did what? They dug a hole. They broke through. Hallelujah. Through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the mat the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Say their faith. Come on, say their faith. Come on, say it again. Say their faith. Jesus said to the, to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And he says, but some, but some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he said... What did he say? So he asked him, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he says, then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. Tell your neighbors and neighbors, don't let your situation keep you from your assignment. He turned to the paralyzed man and gave him a word. This is what he told the paralyzed man. He says, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Now, today, as I said last week, we're going to talk about vision. One of the ways that you show yourself to be a team player is you show, you share people's burdens. Number two, you share people's faith. And number three, you share vision. Say you share vision. And today we're going to talk about the vision that I believe we want to release for this year. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they both agree, in Amos 3, verse 3, on the direction? And I think about a woman who's being courted by a man. And I think about how, how many of you ever went on dates? How many of you got married to the person you went on a date with? Amen. Thank God for that. How many of us have not crossed over to the marriage yet? Okay. Thank God for us all. Amen. 
by the way, on next month, Tuesday nights, we'll be talking about dating, marriage. So if you want to have a great discussion about that subject, come and join us. And we do want to also make mention that next Sunday evening, we will be having a communion service. Amen. So uh, join us next week. We don't have communion service on tonight. But when you're in that relationship, I find that there's a question that comes up. After you've gone out to eat a couple times, you've gone to the movies a couple times, you've gone, you've gone shopping a couple times, you take her to Concord Meals, after you, you take her to Nordstrom's, take her to some outlets, amen, in Miami, you, after she cooks a couple dinners for you, all the men said, amen, glory to God, <laughs> no, I, we're not going there, amen, y'all stay with the examples I'm giving, don't make up your own, I control the examples, amen. So after all this goes on, after long nights driving around and just, just looking at the moon as it's shining and looking at the stars and looking at the stars, twinkle, twinkle, little star, there's a question that comes up. And the question is, I know we've been doing a whole lot, but where are we? Where are we going? Or they might say, what are we doing? And that's when a brother who don't really know where he's going starts up, um, up, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, um, um, where we going? I just, I, I just like to talk to you. That ain't where we going. That ain't. That's not. I just like the way you look. That's not where we going. I want to know what your intentions are. That's what they say. And most sanctified women do that. Amen. Some women never ask the question. Amen. Pop, oh, sorry. They might not. Let me tell you. If you don't ask the question, you need to ask the question. But the Bible says, "How can two walk together unless they both agree on the direction?" Unless they agree on direction. I think about another example. You know, today we have phones, but there may be times where people don't have phones and they're talking to you. They say, I, I forgot my phone, so tell me where you're going so I can meet you. Because I have no way of communicating with you when you leave. So let's find out where we're going now so that when you go to take that move, I can what? Join you. That's what vision allows us to do. It allows us to join each other at a common goal or a common point. And so today, on this snowy, rainy, freezing ice Sunday, we're going to talk about vision. The Bible says, without a vision, the people perish. And yes, I can talk about a lot of other things. If you were here last month, I was talking about the cross and the gospel. But now we're talking about vision. Tell your neighbor, you got to get some vision this year. Jesus said, the Son of Man, the, the, the Bible says that Jesus said, I've come to seek and save that which was what? He didn't just come just to hang out with people. He was on a mission. He had a goal. He said, I come to give my life as a ransom. In other words, he had a goal for why he showed up. How many of you know there should be a goal every Sunday that we come here, that we don't just come up, to, come up here just to look nice and to wear our outfits, but we come here to praise the King of Kings, to encourage somebody, to provoke one another to good works. Y'all ain't talking to me. There should be a goal for our marriages and for our families. I said last week that, you know, it used to be a time where it was a legacy in our ministry that if you got married, you have to have a what? A vision. What's the vision for your marriage? Amen. And so the, the, we, we got to have vision and keep that out there in front of us this year 
as we move forward because we can't just have a lot of movement without no direction. We got to have everybody moving in the same direction because a team moves in the same direction. Today, as the Chargers play, as the Patriots play, as the New Orleans Saints play, y'all know who's going to win, right? I could tell you, I would, I would, I would declare the word, but I won't declare it. Amen. I never miss when I, when I feel this grace. But as you know, yeah, it is the team with the most points that's going to win. But uh, don't bite off of my word, but you got to get your own word. Amen. But every person on the team knows the goal for playing. Now, some people watch a football game, and they might cheer in the wrong moments because they don't know the goal of the game. They might cheer when they get a penalty. They say, yeah, they say it's the wrong time to cheer because they don't understand the point of the game. And every game, every team should have a goal. If you look at football, what's the goal of football? Huh? So they all agree to do what? Score a touchdown. Now, they carry out that goal different ways. Some may block. This is where I'm losing some people, but I'll stay in this example. Some might hike the ball. They might, put the, they, might, they might throw the ball. Some might run with the ball. Amen. Others might run fade routes and, and slants and all kind of things. And many of you sometimes, just, some of you just watch the game. You say, I don't know what's going on. You wait for everybody else to cheer before you start cheering. Okay, it's time to cheer. Yeah! You don't understand the point of the game. God help you. <laughs> Amen. When you see a team going backwards that has the ball, that's not the point of the game. Just for the record, let me just give you basics. Amen. So basketball, there's a goal. Amen. What's the goal of the game? Score baskets. Now, you might have to pass to get there. You might have to dribble to get there. You're going to have to run to get there. But what's the ultimate goal? Score basket. What's the goal of baseball? Home run. Some of y'all, y'all might not know baseball, but you know kickball. How do you remember kickball? You kick the ball, and you ran, and you got to keep running, go around all the bases, and sometimes you think you're special, you slide in. That's when you were little. You don't do that no more because you've grown. But we slide in. So the, the game of kickball, we know that. But i tell you one game I don't know the goal of. Space. I don't understand space. Y'all, don't do that to me. It's not like I'm not saved anymore because I don't know, understand spades. With all them jokers and stuff, we need to pray. Amen. And there's only one king. Amen. And his name is Jesus. Glory to God. So y'all going to play them spades if y'all want to. Have you ever, first of all, have you ever seen people play spades? Do y'all sense the attitude that comes over them? Is that Jesus' attitude? Let me just ask. Is it? That's all I got to say. For those of you watching on stream, by the way, people can tune in on streaming. You can invite people to watch us on streaming so that we do have streaming going. But listen, y'all, I'm just going to say pray about space the next time you play it. Amen. So, you know, when we have, when we talk about team, we got to talk about the goal of the team. The goal of the team. There is a goal that each team has. When God put the first team on earth, you know who the first team I would say was? Adam and Eve. He told them to do what? What was their goal? He said, be fruitful, multiply, and do what? Take dominion. So he didn't just throw them on the earth just to look at each other and say, ooh, you look good, boy. Or, ooh, you look good, girl. He threw them on earth to what? 
Take dominion. And Jesus has given us goals as a church. He's given us vision as a church. You know, I'm thankful for all the special visions that come in local churches, but there's, our master has already given us the corporate vision. And if, if your vision doesn't line up with his corporate vision, then we're in rebellion, and that's, that can't happen. Amen. And I'm going to say this to you. This is a moment where we got to pray that everyone understands what really matters. Because I can tell you this, you can look at the shutdown and get all nervous and scared, but I can tell you there's one higher than the shutdown. And he can shut down the shutdown. And his name is, y'all not, y'all just finished praising him. His name is Jesus. He raises some up and brings others down. Just like that. So people get all caught up on the leadership and everything. You look at what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Lost his mind. God can take, didn't it? God gave it back to him. God, y'all, let me say this to you. Let me give you a word that's going to bring peace in your heart. God is still in control. Even when you're having those conversations in the workroom, I just don't know what's going to happen. God is still. Even when you heard the report from the doctor, God is control. That's why you got to have vision. Because the Bible says, for the joy set before him, I believe that was vision, God, Christ endured the suffering because there are going to be some nicks and bruises along the way, but we have to keep the vision in front of us. So today, we're going to talk about vision. Say vision. Now, in order to, the purpose of vision, the power of vision is that we can agree. We can walk together. We can become a team. If you don't know the vision, you can't even join in with the vision. You got to know it. So for the first point that we want to give today when it comes to vision. Now, I want to say this. Our vision as a ministry is to provide biblical solutions that promote successful discipleship and life, family, and work. Okay, so that's our, that's our vision. And in that vision, we have a word or two words called successful discipleship. And the question is, well, what is a disciple? And my dad would always say, what cannot be defined cannot be what? Determined. So let's define what a disciple is. And trust me, we have a podcast now, so if you missed this, don't worry. We go back and listen to it on our podcast. It's one who believes in the lordship of Jesus Christ and has irrevocably committed his or her entire life to pursuing Christ's likeness, practicing Christ's love, and promoting Christ's legacy in a group or in a community, I would say, of like-minded believers. Now, there's some words that I might say that vary, but that's the corporate sense of what's being said. It's number one is one who believes in Jesus, is one who's committed their life to Jesus, and is one who pursues Christ's likeness, which is what we'll focus on today. It practices Christ's love and promotes Christ's legacy by themselves, no, within a community of like-minded believers. Say, tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, don't follow Jesus by yourself. Amen. It's just like trying to work out by yourself. That probably won't last too long. When you got somebody encouraging you, provoking you, saying, don't you get off that treadmill yet, that helps you. Amen. You know why some of us do so well when we go work out in corporate settings? Because other people are watching us, and we ain't going to drop the weight in front of them. Y'all ain't talking to me. <laughs> Even if you got a limp in your spirit, you ain't going to limp out. You're going to walk like everything all right. Then when you get to the house, you <laughs> Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's better together. 
Iron sharpened iron. So number one, I've already given you the points. This is very easy. Amen. Number one, our vision this year as a team, one of our goals or vision is to pursue Christ's likeness. Say pursue Christ's likeness. Luke chapter 6 verse 40 says something. Luke 6 verse 40. Luke 6 verse 40. I'll go on to read. It says students are not greater. Are we there? Students are not greater than who? But the student who is what? will be what? Like the teacher. They will become like the teacher. Let's go back. So that's a simple verse where Jesus is just saying, when you are fully trained, you will become just like who? The teacher. The Bible also says in Galatians chapter 4, it says, when, when he says, I labor among you until Christ is fully developed in you. So what are we speaking about the first point? The first point this year and our vision is to become like Jesus. Say, I want to become like Jesus some more this year. Now, I know that doesn't make a lot of people excited, but can I tell you this, that that really is what Romans 8, I would say, is talking about when it says all things work together for the good. All things are working together to make us just like Jesus. Quiet. You know why? Because sometimes we're more excited about a billion dollars than we are to becoming like Jesus. Becoming like Jesus costs way more than a billion dollars. It costs the blood of a holy man. So tell your neighbors and neighbor, number one, pursue Christ's likeness. Now, I'm going to give you some sub-points under this on how to pursue Christ's likeness. You ready? Number one, I believe we have to pursue Christ's presence. Say Christ's presence. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says something. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were what? With what? In the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had what? Actually, they would say, neighbor, have you been with Jesus today? Say, I have. I just got my shout on. I've been with Jesus. You know, the Bible says that when Moses came out from being with the Lord, it says that his face began to shine. Because I believe that when you are with him, there's something that will change in your life. The Bible says, and the Bible also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, that we go from glory to glory, beholding the face of him, the word. And so when we look at that, we know that being with Jesus helps us to become like Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, we've got to seek him this year. Oh, I, oh, that brings me up to next week. Saturate. Oh. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, seek his presence. The other thing we got to do is, is we got to seek knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of Christ. You can't imitate someone you don't know. Paul said this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. He says, pattern yourselves, after, in the Amplified, it says, pattern yourselves after me. He says, follow my example as I imitate and I follow Christ. You cannot imitate someone you don't know. If you can't see them and you don't understand them, you can't pattern yourselves. And I can tell you today that a lot of us, we have gotten sidetracked on what we should be patterning ourselves off of. 
We're focusing on people sometimes that are not even following Jesus. Can I tell you this? It doesn't matter how much money they have. It doesn't matter how much accolades they have. If it's not Jesus, then it is not the perfect will of God. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, pursue knowledge about Christ. Okay, the other thing I believe we have to do this year in order to become like Jesus more and more, because I know some of us are already like Jesus with our bad selves, but there's, there's some other things we can do. Here goes the third thing we do. The third thing is surrender to Christ. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, fresh surrender. John 15, verse, John 15, verse 4 says, abide in me, and I will abide in you. There's got to be a connection, a stay still. You got to set a little bit. You know, this, this year when we started off this series or of team player, we gave the word about planting. There, there, you never can have fruit without a planting. Amen. And some people might say, you know what, I, I want to be changed by the Lord, but they come every other year to church. Amen. And, 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 and it, you can't do that because if I had a plant that I planted and I kept uprooting it every two seconds, is it fruit? Putting it back in, oh, is it fruit? No. Is there fruit? No. Why is there no fruit? Because there's no connection. And there's no consistent connection. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, when you surrender, you are making continuous connection. So surrender. Number one, pursue his presence. Number two, pursue knowledge about him. And number three, surrender to him. And then number four, I believe this is what's going to help us to become like Jesus, freedom. Say freedom. Pharaoh was told by Moses, let my people go so that they might what? Serve me. Let my people go. I look at Mark chapter 5, verse 15 as well, about a man who was possessed with demons. And the Bible says that after he was possessed with demons, he says, Lord, I want to go with you. I want to follow you. And Jesus told him, he says, go into the towns and preach the gospel. But it doesn't even just say that. It says that this man was fully clothed and that he was in his right, what? Mind. Because he had been freed from the power of darkness. How many of you know that when you get freed from the power of darkness, you're going to get in the right mind? And there are, there, there are people today, they can't understand why depression can't be shook off of them and fear can't be shook off of them. Obviously, all of us get afraid sometimes. We get, the, we get a little sad sometimes. But when that thing is continuous, you have to say, Lord, is there something higher? Say freedom. And we have encounters here in our ministry that we encourage everybody to go on. These encounters helps us to get free from the powers of darkness. How many know the devil is already defeated, but we've got to enforce that defeat? Amen. So we see here that freedom from darkness, surrendering to Christ, patterning ourselves after Christ by knowing him and pursuing Christ's presence all helps us to pursue Christ's likeness. Number two, practicing Christ's love. Come on, say practice Christ's love. Now, next month in February, we're going to take a month to focus on love. You know, love is a word that we throw out, but we don't always understand. And I'm going to go to help you out. Love is not equal with acceptance. Because God loves everybody, but he doesn't accept everybody's behavior. Y'all ain't talking to me. You love your children. Okay, I got to do this. Okay, you love your children, but you tell your children that behavior is unacceptable. So you love them, but in that moment, you don't like them. Y'all ain't talking to me. You know how I know you don't like them? Because you go get the belt and you start, you say, I'm going to whoop the mess out of you. Amen. Why? Because you love them so much that you say, I'm going to discipline you in Jesus' name. 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, we were all dead in our sins. The wrath of God was on us, but yet God still says in John 3, verse 16, he loved us. So let's balance that. God was angry at our old nature. In other words, we were unacceptable to him, but God yet still loved us. The Bible says, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and unacceptable. No, and acceptable. So God loves everybody, but everybody's not accepted. So I think if we can get that, we're going we're gonna to do a little bit better. So we're going to talk about defining what love is on next month. You really want to be here. We're not going to just tell her, we're not going to just sing a song about love. We're going to go to the Scripture. What does the Scripture say love is? Now, because of love, God will accept you. Can I get an Amen. For God so loved the world, he did what? In other words, he gave his son, which was grace. And because of that grace, now we have undeserved favor or undeserved acceptance. Why? Because God loved us so much, he gave a sacrifice. So the sacrifice of Jesus now makes us acceptable. So God accepts us on the basis of Jesus, not ourselves. Y'all with me? So we become acceptable through Christ. We'll talk about that more. But say your neighbor, say neighbor, practicing Christ's love. Now, how do we do that? How do we practically carry out Christ's love? Through service. Write that down. Service. Say service. You know, when you come to church service, hopefully everyone comes with a heart to serve. The Bible says in Matthew 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So service is a sign that you love someone. Say service. Go with me to Galatians 5, verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in what? In love. Verse 13 says in the New Living Translation, in love. So service. We're moving on to the next point. Number B or letter B. This is a sub point. The other way that we show love this year, practically speaking, is by intercession intercessory prayer. Now, I'm giving vision today. Next Sunday, we'll talk about some other things. Amen. Well, actually, we're talking about prayer, so that's another story. But, but intercession, intercession, say intercession. When is the last time you prayed for someone else? That's what we do here in this ministry. We are agreeing this year to pray for somebody else. How many of you ever seen God release breakthrough in somebody else's life because of your prayers for them. Amen. I know it was other people praying, but your prayers were special. Say, my prayers were special. So intercession, Romans 15, verse 30 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to join in our struggle by praying to God for us. Do this because you what? Do this because of your love for me. This is supernatural love. It takes supernatural love to pray for somebody else especially when they do you wrong, especially when they cuss you out and fuss you out. And the Lord says, pray for them. They're battling with a spirit of rejection. You say, I don't want to pray for them, Lord. I want to fight them. How many of y'all know that person that just get on your nerves, that push your buttons? Why is it quiet in the house? Hey, everybody who just raised their hand, we're going to go up in the prayer room. I'll finish this message up there. Because if I could follow some of us around on candid camera, we would see some anger Going to work when somebody cut you off. When somebody get in front of you and slow down, that is the devil if I ever seen it. 
Everybody else is going fast. Why you get in front of me to slow me down? No, they might not mean it. Then you beep your horn. Is that the Holy Ghost? No. Why do you have to beep your horn? Because I got to speed them up, Pastor. No, it ain't going to speed them up. It might make them go slower. It's like when I'm trying to, I got over here, one day I was coming to prayer, and I was driving behind somebody, and they were just, they were just driving in front of me. Now, you got to be careful because as a pastor, when you're following behind somebody on ski club, you don't know if they're going to make a right and then come into the parking lot. So you got to be careful on how you use your beeps. Amen. And, and thank God they kept on going because they might not have ever come back. Amen. But tell your neighbor, intercession. Who are you praying for this year? Your children, that's great. Your family, your husband, your spouse, your wife, that's great. Your parents, that's great. But are you praying for your coworkers? Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you praying for those who despitefully use you? Are you praying for your church? Are you praying for the sound team that they are? Are you praying? You know, it's amazing that sometimes, and this is don't be condemned by this, but sometimes we find ourselves preparing more for how we look on the outward than praying for the service, than praying for somebody to get healed, for praying for somebody to get saved, for praying for somebody to get delivered. The last time I checked, the Bible says God got that Joe prayed for his friends and then God restored his fortunes. It was in the midst of intercession that God brought provision back to his house. I wonder this year, if you set up in your heart that I'm going to love somebody enough to pray for them, even, even without telling them I'm praying, because sometimes we like to tell them so we can feel prideful. You know, I've been praying for you. No, just pray for them in the midnight hour. And I wonder if your bank account won't increase. Most of the people that come to prayer that I've seen this past year, most of them will provide every need is met. I'm telling you, I don't. I mean, even myself, when we started prayer about two years ago, real strong, by the way, that's our vision, part of our vision. When we started prayer, you know, I got this blessing. It was like for hundreds of dollars. And it came to my account. It was a particular account. Y'all can rejoice for yourself, but thank you for that clap for rejoicing for me. I believe it happened in prayer. I don't, I'm trying to think right now, most of the people, that attend prayer and don't be condemned with what I'm saying. They're not hurting people. Their needs are being supplied. Because I believe if it's his will, then it's his what? I was standing outside with one of the brothers in his ministry. He can testify of it. He didn't know maybe what happened because he might have thought it was just like a deal. But your pastor don't rock like that. But it kind of like it was one of them deals on the side of the road. And I was standing there. We was talking after prayer. You know, when you pray, you want to preach. So I, we were praying, and we were preaching back and forth to each other. I kid you not, this man drived up in his car like a drive-by, put something in my hand, and then afterwards, he drove off. Y'all ain't talking to me. What, what did we just finish doing? We just finished praying. Soon as I was standing out, I was on the curb. I had my hand out waiting for it. Now y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all see how that translate? I was just praying. Joe prayed. God restores his fortunes. I'm praying. I'm standing outside. Somebody put some moolah on my hand. I could have people to raise their hands right now of who's participating in Saturate Week. And you've seen financial blessings come in your life in Saturate Week. 
y'all, this stuff works. We're not playing with this thing. This works. So what's holding you back from practicing Christ's love through intercession this year? The Bible says in the Amplified, in the Amplified version, I want to go here really quickly. It says in the Amplified, I want to show you this really quickly, and i got to close. It says, I appeal to you, I entreat you, brethren, for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by the what? Given by the Spirit. When you love people, you'll pray for them. I believe that's one of the signs. You'll pray for them. But can I tell you this? Here goes a word. Stop arguing so much and start praying so much. The Bible says don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Hopefully there are spouses in this ministry that doesn't just have hard conversations, but just with the same amount of effort that is put in a hard conversation, there's the same amount of effort put in prayer. Every once in a while, our family members should see us praying for them, lifting them up, saying, Lord, give them peace in their heart. Give them comfort in their heart. I know they're going through, but I'm going to hold them up. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, prayer intercessory prayer. I appeal to you, I entreat you, brethren, for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love given by the Spirit to do what? To unite with me and pray, and what? In earnest. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, sometimes you got to wrestle with this thing. He said, in earnest, heartfelt. You got to wrestle with this thing. You got to wrestle for this deliverance. You got to wrestle for this freedom. You got to wrestle for that homosexual spirit to be broke. You got to wrestle for pornography to be broken. Sometimes you got to wrestle. That's what we got to find ourselves doing this whole year. Not condemning people. Say, what do you need me to pray for? I'm going to wrestle with you. I'm going to connect with you. We're going to wrestle this thing together. Now, I'm not going to carry it all by myself. You need to carry some too. Amen. But we're going to wrestle with you. See, and let me say this to you. Let me give you this thing. Be careful because sometimes when you tap into somebody else's burden, you can begin to experience it in your life. And sometimes you don't understand what's going on. You say, why do I feel depressed? Well, what have you been doing lately? Interceding for someone else. You tapped into their burden. That's what Jesus did before he went on the cross. He tapped into our griefs. Y'all not with me. Because as an intercessor, he tapped into The Bible says he carried our griefs. Y'all ain't talking to me. And he said, I am grieved to the point of death. And then his disciples came with him, and they started falling asleep. Why? The Bible says because of grief, because they tapped into his Wi-Fi. Y'all ain't talking to me. So when you are a praying people, that's why you got to keep joy in your heart, because the joy of the Lord Sometimes love can be weighty. It, it, it's, it's a burden to love someone. Intercession. Here goes. Another thing. Ephesians 5, verse 2. It says, life, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. So to practice love this year means to sacrifice. What will you put to death for the sake of the kingdom this year? What would you put to death? Would it be an outfit you were about to buy from Nordstrom? You got to put that outfit to death. And they got a sale this week. (laughs) 
What you going to put to death this year? Actually, I'm saying, what you going to put to death this year? Is it some sleep time? Because you wake up extra early so you can come to 530 prayer or prayer 815 on Saturday morning. Is it what are you going to put to death? Taking a Saturday where you could be resting. That's my only day off, Pastor. You take that Saturday and you say, I'm going to hang out with another family and encourage them in the Lord. Because sometimes you don't want to see anybody, nobody. You don't, be mess, you don't want nobody to mess with you and you don't want, you don't want to mess with nobody else. But taking a Saturday of resting or evangelizing or coming to the church like we're going to do as men in March to help clean up. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, that's sacrifice. Take another family out to eat when you could have saved that money for a later time. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, sacrificial living. That's love. And then lastly, promoting Christ's legacy. Promoting Christ's legacy. Ultimately, what does that mean? We are making new disciples. Matthew 28, verse 19 says something. Matthew 28, verse 19. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, next Sunday, we're going to be talking about prayer because you don't you just don't make disciples you got you need to I believe you should pray before you go to make and so revolutionary prayer is going on throughout the week we're going to be talking about that all next Sunday so you want to hear about prayer next Sunday is the Sunday you want to be here we also support this movement or his legacy by our treasure our time and our talent say treasure Time, talent. This year, we all know that Super Seed is coming up. Can I get an amen? We all know that expense offering is coming up every month. We know it's coming up. It's $50. Can I tell you this? I declare you can't stay in this ministry for long and not have $50 to give for an expense offering. Because I declare there's too much blessing in this ministry. $50 expense offering. These are all things that help us to support the legacy of Christ, which is to make disciples. The other thing is auxiliaries. When you came in today, there was somebody at the welcome team. There was somebody helping you to be seated. I know you could have made it to the seat by yourself, but there was somebody that helped you get there. They call ushers. Amen. Downstairs, throughout services, at times we have people that are working with our babies. Amen. Serving our babies. This all helps us to fulfill the vision of Christ, which is to go make disciples. The win team, evangelism. Evangelism. How many are we setting in our heart to invite this year to service? How many are we expecting to invite to Jesus this year? Next month, on the last Sunday of the month, February the 24th, we're going to have a marriage Sunday. Our marriage leaders are going to be teaching us, Brother Jimmy and Sister Charlene. And I'm declaring it's going to be a mega day for souls to get saved, for couples to come in who don't know the Lord, who watch this put their marriage before Jesus. They're going to put Jesus back in the front so that their marriage can walk in fullness. Y'all ain't talking to me. If that's going to happen fourth Sunday, what couples do you know right now that you can invite? 
We're going to give you information. So we're going we're to load you up with a whole bunch of stuff so you can just go on and invite, invite, invite. This is a practical, tangible way for you to be able to help go fulfill the legacy of Jesus Christ. So this is, this is our vision that we are linking up on. I was thinking yesterday, and, and musicians, you can come back up. I was thinking yesterday, and I began to sing about how Jesus is coming. And then as I began to sing Jesus is coming, because sometimes we really forget that he is coming. We look at the pestilences in the land and all that's going on, and we just kind of think it's just going to be kumbaya. No, it's not. One day he's going to crack the sky. He's coming with every believer that's already died. They're coming with him, everybody from A to Z. They're coming with him. And tell you, they say, you got to be ready. See, Santa Claus ain't coming to town, but Jesus is. Who are you looking for, Santa or Jesus? I choose to look for Jesus. When I was singing this song, and I looked up on this billboard, and it said, Jesus is coming soon. Probably within three minutes, I was driving back from the union meeting yesterday. It says, Jesus is coming soon. Philippians 1 verse 11 says this, and we'll close with this, and I'll just give you this word. Because I think some of us, as a pastor, I'm calling you to refocus this year. Let me say this to you. I said this before, and I'll say it again. If it's his will, then it's his bill. I dare you this year to plug in like you never have. I dare you. I dare you. Listen, I dare you. Why can I dare you? Because I know that when he sends you, he'll back you. When you go for to do his will, he will back you. I'll show you this right here. May you always be filled with what? Let's go back up to verse 10. That's actually, verse 10 is right before. That's good too. For I want you to what? What? So that what? Until the, so let's stand up on our feet as we go. Because there's some things that we got to understand. We're really, can I tell you this today? As, as hype as the game is going to be today, many men and even women are going to be watching the game on today. But you know what? If you had a loved one that was in their last minutes of life, they were in ICU on life support, would the game matter? No. It, it, it wouldn't matter. If somebody had just been in a, a tragic car wreck and you didn't know their state, whether they were alive or dead, would the game matter? No. Why doesn't it matter? Because there's something more important than the game. It doesn't matter in that moment for that mama who might be reaching out to save her child. It doesn't matter what she has on. It doesn't even matter if she has something to eat yet for that day. All that matters is that she's got her eyes set on the vision of saving her child. And, to, and this year, we've got to focus on pursuing Christ's likeness, practicing Christ's love, and promoting Christ's legacy. Jesus says the harvesters are paid good wages. I declare as you get some people in your car this Sunday, you reach out to people that God is going to increase in every area that he desires to do so. But you've got to understand what really matters. Prayer matters to the king. Jesus says, my, my, his, this, my father's house shall be a house of prayer. Prayer matters to Jesus. Souls matters to Jesus. And just like that person who says the game doesn't matter because of the situation at hand, I want to encourage you. Our nation needs us to step up. 
Our city needs us to step up. So in the coming months, the coming, the rest of this year, who are you reaching out to bring in? Who are you reaching out to to bring in? Father, we thank you right now for the word that has gone forth. Some of us, can I say this, we're distracted. And we're distracted by our problems. And can Lord show us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but you deliver us out of them all. Show us that these things come and they also go. That they won't last forever. But if we would just set our mind on you, Jesus, set our focus on you this year, we declare every need will be met in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.